Welcome to the Fashionista Life, where we talk about fashion, interior design, parenting, and everything that encompasses the lifestyle of a fashionista. You can't help but smile with our host, Jennifer Johnson, a true fashionista and lifestyle expert, coming to you live from Naples, Florida. Hi, friends, and thanks for listening to The Fashionista Life, brought to you by True Fashionistas, where you can sell, shop, and look fabulous. I am your host, Jennifer Johnson, and today we welcome into the studio Sue Zumstein with Quest. Hello. Good morning. Good morning, and welcome in. We're so excited to have you. Great to be here. So I'm going to just give a quick blurb of what Quest is, and then Mm -hmm. I'm going to let you elaborate for our listeners, because it's such a phenomenal program, and I can attest to it personal experience. So Quest is Collier County, the county that we live Mm -hmm. in here in Southwest Florida. And it is a program here that provides resources needed to send hardworking students to four-year colleges and universities. So how long ago was it started? Why, how, and how did you get involved? Well, Quest was started 27 years ago, and I just celebrated my 26th anniversary. Oh, wow. Quest was originally founded by a local educator and a local businessman to help high-achieving students in Collier County attend four-year colleges and universities. I started with them as a volunteer because I believed in what they were doing. And, you know, long story short, in the past of life, I'm now the executive director. and. We are going to be serving 518 students this year, which is really exciting. But I think the most exciting news, and quite a coincidence that we're doing this today, (laughs) is that we're also looking to really rebrand the program somewhat, and that our field of expertise has really always been sending students to four-year colleges and universities, and we're we're pretty darn good at doing that. Yeah, what is your... I mean, I I somewhere read a, a very staggering track record of how many kids that go through Quest actively are are actually go to a four-year college. And they do. I mean, we sit, it varies from year to year, but most years we're at 100% are attending four-year colleges <laughs> and universities. Wild. But more important to me, what's really more important to me isn't just that they're getting in, but we float between 94 to 96% of our students graduate in four years. Wow. And that to me is really a staggering statistic considering that In the United States right now, only 64% of students are graduating from college in six years. In six years? In six years. And it should be four. It should be four. (laughs) And then if they're taking student loans, think Mm -hmm. about what those numbers begin to look like. I can't even imagine. But, you know, we're also realizing that we as a program have the tools and the curriculum that we've developed and the staff to be able to also help students who might not be on a traditional four-year university path meaning SATs and ACTs and the essays and everything. Maybe they want to start out in FSW or a Tallahassee college. Those schools don't require SATs or ACTs, or maybe they're interested in apprenticeship programs. So over the summer, I've really been working hard to put together curriculum that for broad strokes ensures that every student who finishes our program at the end of four years has a path that they've chosen. Hopefully, it's still a four-year college or university. Maybe it's not. Maybe they're going to do two years at a school and transfer to that four-year college or university. Maybe they are going to follow a vocational apprenticeship path, maybe computer programming, different things like that. At the end of it, as a parent, what I always knew is I wanted my sons 
to have a plan. Right. <laughs> Did I necessarily have to define that plan for them? No, but I wanted to make sure I could provide the resources for them to define their path. And that's what we're going to have Quest be all about. So we are broadening our services somewhat moving forward. So Quest, you said, has been around how long? 27 years. 27 years. That is phenomenal. And and look what it's been doing. I, I can't even imagine the number of students that, that you have served through that that time. Summers are my favorite because a lot of our <laughs> former students come back and go, I just graduated. Or we had two students who came back this year who have been volunteering slash also working part-time for Quest who just finished college and they were applying to grad school and dental school. I know one of them. <laughs> yes, you do know one of them. Exactly. And he his last day is next Thursday and I'm really going to miss him. Wow. Yeah. Well, yeah. that is phenomenal. So I know this as a parent just starting out on on this journey with my kids. It's overwhelming. Uh-huh. It is it is I mean overwhelming you know, intellectually, but overwhelming emotionally. I'm, I'm tearing up here. I'm, I'm like, <laughs> I have no idea how I'm going to get through this year, but I, I will persevere. <laughs> but where do you even start? Well, I think the biggest thing that bothers me when I hear from parents, my, my son or daughter is going to be a senior. What can you do to help them? And I'm thinking, you know, the latest a student can start with us is right at the beginning of their junior year, because if they are applying to a school that SATs and ACTs are required, starting test prep at the beginning of the senior year is a little late to be entering the game. All the college applications come live August 1st of a student's senior year. Wow. But that's like in, wow. Days. Wow, that's, yeah, days. that's wild. So let's back up <sighs> though and think that if a student in eighth grade takes Algebra One or a foreign language, they've created their high school transcript that they are going to be using to apply to college. You're saying in eighth grade? In eighth grade, if they take those two high school level courses. Wow. Yeah. And so parents just need to be cognizant that when students apply to college, they apply with six semesters of work. Let's think two semesters, mm -hmm. ninth, two tenth, two eleventh. That transcript that goes into colleges in fall of a student's senior year is based only on the six semesters worth of work. And that's interesting that you say that because I remember you telling us that and I'm like, I don't understand what you mean. But <laughs> you think about it, it's, it's what they've done up to that point. Correct. And, you know, what they do in their latter senior year, does, does that really even matter? A hundred percent. And that's what I think is also tricky in that... Even if a student gets an acceptance from a college, let's say in January, February, or March, that acceptance is not carved in stone until the end of the year senior transcript goes out. So as I'm always telling my seniors, oh. you can't get senioritis because it says in the fine print on the acceptance, we will rescind the offer Wow! if <laughs> you're year-end grade. So they have to keep their head in the game. Mm -hmm. They can't just go, okay, I'm done. I applied. I can, you know, coast from here on out. In other words, if you were getting A's and B's and you suddenly dropped to B's and C's, I've had call I've had three colleges rescind offers in my 26 years of doing this. My goodness, I never knew that could possibly happen. It can. I have no idea. <laughs> but I mean, so what you're telling us is start early. So mm -hmm. even in eighth grade. Start mm -hmm. thinking about what that path could be for your child so that you're prepared. A hundred percent. And students need to realize that what they demonstrate in front of their teachers, what they demonstrate on a report card 
impacts what classes the teachers will recommend them for the following year. Let's sit down and look at the basis of everything. SATs and ACTs are still in the game. All of our schools in the state of Florida, our state universities, never went test optional. SATs and ACTs are not optional for state universities in Florida. But for schools that are test optional, what do they focus on? The transcript. And what do they focus on more than anything? The rigor of a student's curriculum. So does that mean, okay, so my school offers uh, the five AP courses, Uh but I only chose to take one. That means I'm compared to the other people in my school? Or how, how does that work? Like, okay, I was offered five, I took one, so I wasn't very rigorous. So your, your question is excellent, and I wish more parents were aware of this. Every single high school in the United States has what's called a high school profile. And on that profile, the college looks at that student, compares their transcript within the context of their high school. So a student at Gulf Coast is never compared to a student at the village school, never compared to a student at Barron, a student at community school. A student at their high school is compared within the context of their high school profile. So if your high school offers 16 APs and that student only took one, it might look like they didn't challenge themselves as much as possible. If the high school offers 10 APs and that student took eight, they're going to look like a rock star, right? Right. Absolutely. (laughs) So it's always within context. So that's good because I'm thinking, oh my gosh, how am I going to compare myself to somebody who was offered, you know, all of these AP classes because they're in a bigger high school and me, I'm in a smaller school, but that's wonderful that it's compared to, you're comparing apples to apples. 100%, always. And students need to realize, but that's also why sometimes I feel like parents don't take course selection quite as seriously as they could, but it's a big deal. It is a really big deal. It is. Let's think about it. That transcript reflects that student's work ethic 180 days out of the year, Mm -hmm. as opposed to an SAT or ACT on one Saturday morning. And you may be a terrible test taker. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) So I can see where the course selection is super, super important. Mm -hmm. And that's when you work with your teachers, you work with your student, the parents, Mm -hmm. Quest to make sure that you have a rock solid plan. And that, you know, next year may look a little bit different because you challenged yourself and you did great, right? Yep. And you can take more challenging classes or eh, it was too many. And right. And well, we hope we never get that wrong because what colleges want to see is by your senior year, your senior year needs to be your most rigorous year in high school. Wow. And I would never, I would assumed it would have been junior year. No. Oh my gosh. So every college application makes every student list exactly the courses they're taking as a senior. And we want it to be as rigorous, if not more rigorous on that last year. Because think about it. It's the last year of you growing up, maturing, mm-hmm. demonstrating to colleges that you're ready for college level work. So every single college wants to know what your senior course selection is going to look like. And it better look as good as junior year. That totally makes sense, but not something that I would have That's, I would, I'm glad we're having this conversation (laughs) because I know there's a lot of parents out there who are wondering that same thing. Cause I remember being in high school myself going, ah, I mean, I didn't do this because I was very studious, but kids are like, oh, it's my senior year. I can not really do a whole lot. 
No, it should be just the opposite. I love that. This is such great information, Sue. All right, guys, with kids headed back to school, you may have a little bit extra time on your hands to clean out your closet and maybe theirs. Hey, you may even have a little bit of time to redecorate your home. If you're wondering what to do with all that stuff that you've accumulated, bring it all to True Fashionistas, or you can even ship it to them for free, where you can set what they will sell your unwanted items for you. They take away all the hassles by doing all of the work, and all you have to do is collect your money. You can reach out to them online at truefashionistas.com, come into the store, or check them out on Facebook or Instagram, and that's truefashionistas.com. All right, friends, we're back with Sue Zumstein, and she is with Quest, and we're talking about all things college-related. So such a great topic since we are in fall right now, and we've got a lot of seniors wondering, oh my gosh, am I going to get accepted? Am I, or where am I going to apply? And, and all of those things. So we were talking in the last segment a little bit about testing. Okay. So we have ACT and SAT and let's talk about, about the testing, accepting them. Some schools are not requiring them. Some schools are how that whole thing looks. So obviously with COVID, everything got thrown up in the air. Um, literally the Friday before students were scheduled to take their SAT on a Saturday morning in March, 2020. <laughs> there were a lot of texts flying back and forth that night. That's uh, Let me just leave it at that. It was crazy. But the state of Florida has never gone test optional. The Bright Future Scholarship in Florida, which can be up to $6,300 a year for our students to use, has never gone test optional. So, oh, because you have to have, you have to do the SAT or ACT. It's tied correct. to Bright Futures. Yes. Yeah, so Bright Futures right now is requiring for the top award, 100 hours of community service, a 3.5 weighted GPA. And um, and the students never have an issue with that. And then there are certain SAT and ACT score requirements. Right now, it's a 1330 on the SAT and a 29 on the ACT Governor DeSantis also just signed into law a bill saying that students can work 100 hours for an employer as opposed to volunteering for 100 hours and get credit for that. Now, I haven't been able to find whether that goes into effect for this year's seniors or whether it'll be next year's. But as soon as I know that, I'm happy to, you know, share it, obviously. But that's pretty terrific. And, and some states have versions of this, but I think there's a couple things that parents aren't aware of that I think they need to be aware of for Bright Futures. So most parents would think of 3.5 GPA and look at their child's transcript and think, oh, isn't that fantastic? But that GPA for Bright Futures is only calculated using the five core areas, which is foreign language, English, social studies, science, and math. It is not all the band and the PE and the <laughs> <Darn>. art credits. <laughs> I know, exactly. Um, and, and just so everybody knows, as long as we're on that topic, when you apply to a state university in Florida, ignore the GPAs on the website because guess what? They're all stripped and recalculated with wow. only math, science, social studies, foreign language, and English. I don't think a lot of people know that because they're just like, oh, I, right. I'm doing great. And a lot this. of their GPA is tied up in electives. I agree. And so within the state of Florida, that's kind of how this works. Now, private colleges and universities around the United States, I mean, the Ivies, the Vanderbilts, the Dukes, and a lot of other schools all have different policies on this. So my rule of thumb is for parents, 
let's go back to what we talked about in the earlier discussion we were having. Think about within the context of your high school's trans or high school profile. How does your child's transcript stack up? Mm-hmm. I never encourage people to look at GPAs. Never, never, never. Within the context of their high school, how competitive was this student? A lot of colleges around the United States strip the transcript. Okay, that's okay? good to know. It's hard to know who does right. which one. So, <laughs> so some are test optional, some are not. Mm-hmm. You just have to figure out where you where you're wanting to go ish. I've done a lot of of workshops over Zoom this summer with Ivies with a lot of other heavy hitting schools. And Jen, here's the really interesting thing I keep hearing. I don't want to know how many students applied to their schools test optional. I want to know how many did they accept Uh, mm -hmm. without test scores versus with test scores. And here's the stats I've found since the beginning of May. 50 to 70% of the students across the board being accepted at test optional schools were accepted with scores. Oh. With scores. So for students to throw in the towel and say, I'm not going to keep plugging Mm -hmm. away on tests, I don't think that's a great direction to be steering them in because when I look at those statistics, Mm -hmm. that's concerning. But here's the separate reason. For those of us who have been to college, we all recognize that in many classes, a professor will have a midterm, a final, Mm -hmm. and perhaps a paper that's due. And that's the entire grade for the entire semester will be those two big tests and perhaps one other significant piece of work. For a student to approach college saying, I'm not a good test taker, and yet I want to attend a traditional four-year college or university, I would encourage that student and those parents to work with that child sooner rather than later to help them become a better test taker. Right. Because test taking is a skill set. It isn't just teaching what's on the SAT or ACT. It's how to beat it. Right. And and you need it for college. You do. You know, you're going to go to any type of college. You need to be able to take a test. hundred percent. And so let's, let's not back off from that. Instead, let's take that junior, senior year to get better at what they're going to need to have. Oh my gosh. I remember test taking. I was a really good memorizer back then. Don't know what's happened to me now, but back then I used to be a really good test taker. Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. So, Sue, if you could share three tips on how parents should get their kids started, like I, you know, one was you know starting in ninth grade, but what three tips? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So I think my first one would be encourage your child to recognize that everything that they do starting in ninth grade counts. There will be a record of it. It won't ever go off that record. Um, They need to know that what they're doing day-to-day and the choices they make in their work, it all counts. The second thing is, is, man, and and, and I, I wish I could get more parents to think this way. Try not to see your child's acceptances to college as a validation of your job. Oh, my gosh. Done as a parent. Um, Amen. Amen. <laughs> Let's leave our egos at the door, parents, okay? And instead, we want our children to find the right fit for them as to where they're going to be successful. I have no recollection of where I was when my children got into their various colleges that they got, (laughs) but I know exactly where I was whenever they got their job after college, Mm -hmm. and I 
that sense of pride was way more. And to me, that was my validation of, okay, they're gainfully employed. They're off my health insurance, my cell phone <laughs> plan, really. <laughs> et cetera. Um, and I joke about that, but I really am sincere in remembering those things. Let's try to leave our egos at the door. And I think in broad strokes, the other thing I would encourage parents to do in approaching this process in a healthy way is don't talk about your GPA, don't talk about your class rank, and don't talk about test scores. These are all one small facet of this process. And if we think about having healthy, positive conversations moving forward, when two parents talk about, well, my child has this SAT and mine has that, how is it ever a win-win conversation? It's not. It can't be. You're right. And it's, it, 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 it creates such anxiety and stress for parents and students to think, well, they have two points higher. They have 20 points higher than I do. That's, that's not good for anyone. And that would be my biggest piece of advice. Keep that to yourself. You don't need to talk about that with your friends at all. And I would totally, totally agree with that because I have seen so many times where people talk about it and then the other person just feels terrible. Yeah, it's it's never anything positive. And I have a little quote that goes along with that. Uh, it's it's semi related, but other people's opinions of you are none of your business. Correct. Right. Like your test scores and how you did in this class, none of their business. No. Just keep it to yourself. And at the end of the day, it doesn't define any of us, does it? Right. It's our work ethic. Exactly. It comes down to that. If you have a strong work ethic, you're going to get through anything. Correct. And you're going to go far. You're going to go places. I agree. Because you can be the smartest person in the world, but just you don't have a drive. And without that, where's it going? Correct. And it's, it's, it's hard. I, I, we, you know, as Jen, as you know, we do a lot of parent meetings and this mm-hmm. is, these, are, these are the things I'm always advising parents of leave your ego at the door and don't discuss these things. It, 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 it just, it isn't healthy. And, and I would also say for parents too, try not to make this your primary conversation, your child's entire senior year. Oh, yes. <laughs> I know. I can tell from personal experience. It's they that the child knows it's coming up. Mm-hmm. They're aware of it, very aware of it. And for them, it's anxiety inducing as well. They're making this huge change. They're going off to college, sometimes going out of state, thousands of miles away. And they are so anxious and nervous and scared and excited and everything. And here we are just adding fuel to the fire. Just 100%. And I would also say this, parents, remember two dates. They don't have to make up their mind where they're going to attend until May 1st. And that's the one thing I wasn't understanding. Right. You know, I was push, push, push. And now (laughs) what should we be figuring out? Well, where am I going to apply? Mm -hmm. Let's think about that between now and November 1st. We We have plenty of time then to figure out where do you want to go? That's a May 1st deadline. I think when we stop as parents and think about how much our children matured and changed from August of their senior year till the end of their senior year, there's tremendous growth there. I think we should give our students the grace, our children the grace to have that time to be able to figure that out in their lives. That's wonderful. That's wonderful. Do you have any parting words of wisdom for our listeners? Uh, Take a deep breath and try to enjoy the journey. (laughs) It is, um, 
it is just, it is magical to see the growth um, in these young people. And, and remember also to take this last year during their senior year, um, I remember thinking, I need to teach my kids that, you know, you can't put pink th- or red things in with white <laughs> things in the hot water. You're going to end up with pink underwear. I mean, just all these different things as a parent that are going through your head. Life skills. Yes, exactly. Start writing them down. Um, and, uh, and, and, and make a list and, and just enjoy the ride. Enjoy the ride. It's a magical time in their life. That's a wonderful, wonderful sentiment for sure. So, Sue, if our guests want to get in touch with you, how do they do so? So, um, you can email me at sue at questforsuccess.com or you can call me at 239-825-9809. Fabulous. Thank you so much for coming in today. It was a pleasure. Thank you, Jen, for having me. And thanks again for everyone listening to The Fashionista Life. I am Jennifer Johnson, and this was brought to you by True Fashionistas, where you can sell, shop, and look fabulous. Make your day fabulous, friends. Thanks so much for tuning in to this episode of The Fashionista Life. If you're enjoying the show, please feel free to rate, subscribe, and leave a review. That helps others find the show, and we really appreciate it. Thanks again for tuning in, and we'll catch you in the next episode of The Fashionista Life.